0: Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. The way forward is... Um, The journey that we've been going through, oh my goodness, for 15 weeks now. And so the first uh, nine weeks of this, we spent um, talking about you and rooting this whole thing in your relationship with God and how God kind of made you, knit you together, formed you in the womb, called you by name and numbered the hairs on your head. And then Thanksgiving week, we transitioned into the relationships that we have And the whole premise of this idea was to take 15 weeks to really focus on getting healthy and being better. So when we enter 2023, we're not actually running on fumes or adrenaline. We're actually moving forward, knowing who we are, where we are, and who we have in our squad or or on our team. And so today we're talking about, and we're going to wrap up by talking about being completely present with the people that we love. That's really hard. It's really hard. The description is this, how to communicate with the intention to stay connected because the reality is there's a lot of people communicate but very few people actually connect, very few. And so then if you're here for the first time, I'm thankful, you can, like Heather said, grab that connect card, let me know who you are, we wanna walk with you. And so to be present with people means we have to be engaged. Everybody say engaged, engaged. Sometimes in discussions though, that engagement turns into a couple of things. We often emphasize way too much, which can turn the other person off. Sometimes we're just grateful to have ears and so we unload everything. and We get like diarrhea of the mouth, right? We're just like everything comes out, right? Sometimes we're fearful and so we don't assert ourselves or we don't create or set a clear expectation or point of view. And so um so then in any of those circumstances we can lose ourselves in the process of clear communication, right? And then re- then when the conversation's over like what just happened? Like I feel like I'm I'm sorry did I did I just did I just overwhelm you? Did I just give you too much information, right? Those, those type of conversations. So I want today to look at, and, and there are so many stories, we're not going to look at any of them. That's how many there are. I'm going to look at how present Jesus became with us because he's our example in how to be present with others. If we're going to walk with people in 2023, you need to realize that, that, that Jesus came to earth, he was fully God, yet he became fully man. And at the same time that he was here, he was in between two different worlds, right? He was in between heaven and earth. And so life would have been simpler for Jesus if he just stayed in heaven and worked remote, right? Those remote gigs are pretty sweet these days. And if he worked remote, uh, he wouldn't have had to go through what he went through. But if he didn't, he wouldn't have been able to connect, right? And so the world was for Jesus, just like it is for us. It's not safe, not safe. By entering our world, he invited pain and sorrow and every single emotion that you can imagine into your life, which is the opposite of heaven, right? And so when he came, he was misunderstood and underappreciated. Anybody feel that? Dang it, right? And so he died a lonely death and he literally hung between heaven and earth on a cross. It was brutal, it's tragic, it was heartbreaking all at the same time. And so Jesus, our example, became incarnate. This is kind of the word of the day, incarnate, which means he existed in bodily form. He was God in the flesh. And so because he was and we gained his spirit, we become incarnational to others. That means we embody, we personify we represent who Jesus is. And so the fruit of a real relationship with God is really our ability to connect with others. It's really to be present, to be fully present with someone else. This shows great spiritual maturity, right? And so to be fully present means to be completely engaged, which takes every ounce of us, right? It means listening wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly instead of hearing half-heartedly. So listening wholeheartedly looks like something like this, where I might be on the edge of my chair and I'm engaged. I'm leaning and I'm really close listening half-heartedly, but might be like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Sorry to hear that. Oh, really? Well, if I were you, I would just, uh, you know, figure it out. That's what my dad always told me. Just figure it out. Right. And so it's the difference between listening wholeheartedly and hearing half-heartedly. You know, we always teach our kids and, and when you're coaching, you say this a lot. I need, I need two ears and two eyes. God gave you two ears, two eyes, and one mouth for a reason. That's so we can listen twice as much as we speak right? And so if we listen twice as much as we talk, that's going to help us become better listeners, right? It means listening to understand and instead of listening to respond, which means we have to eliminate the thought process that happens while people are talking and just engage and listen. Instead of rallying our mind, we just want to understand, right? So to be completely present with people, to love them well, we must listen. Everybody say listen. So here's the big question of the day. If you're taking notes, there's going to be lots of notes today and you can have as many as you want note takers tend to change the world and so your big question is this when is the last time that you felt listened to when is the last time that you felt listened to as you think about that what did the other person do to make you feel heard and the joking side is how much do you love that person right right So before we go on, I want to take a mini listening quiz. You can keep your answers to yourself. You don't have to respond out loud. If you're taking notes, just write a Y for yes and an N for no. There's going to be 10 questions. They're going to be on the screen, and as we go through these, just think. Don't think about what you want to be. Think about who you are, and we're going to be better when we leave here. Say. So the first one is this: My close friends would describe me as a great listener. Yes or no? Is it true or not? Again. Keep it to yourself because everybody's different, right? The second one is when people are upset with me, I'm able to listen without becoming defensive or offended. Whoops. Yes or no, right? The third one is I intentionally listen to the words, feelings, and body language of other people. I'm intentional to do that, yes or no? The fourth one, I have little interest in giving my opinion, you guys didn't know you are going to take a test today, did you? Number five, I'm able to validate others' feelings with empathy. It means I can step into their shoes. <laughs> yes or no. Six, I'm conscious of my defense mechanisms in stressful situations. That was, a, that was a bad spot for me. Seven, I'm aware of how the family I was raised in shaped my listening style. My family we just yelled a lot. And so that made me a very bad listener. So seven is really what changed the game for me. Eight, I ask questions to fill in the blanks instead of assuming the answers. It's a tough one. Yes or no. I do not interrupt conversations to get my point across. I was really bad at that too. Probably still am. Number 10, I give my undivided attention to people when they're talking to me. Now, if you've been taking notes and writing this down, you can tally up your yeses. And if you have between 8 and 10 yeses, you're an amazing listener. 8 and 10 whys, you're an amazing listener. If you have between 6 and 7 whys, you're a pretty good listener. If you have 4 to 5 whys, you're average. And if you have less than that, hate to say it, it's probably not the first time you've heard it, you're a bad listener. No offense. So... The great challenge in embodying Jesus and being incarnate and actually representing who he is is holding true to ourselves. And so, you know, that's all great. It's all fun to, to play games and take tests, but when you can keep your God-given self in a conversation, that's when you actually get the opportunity to embody who Jesus is. The other, the other party that you're talking to actually gets to experience him because you're actually engaged. You're engaged. And you have the ability in that moment, in that conversation, to show peace patience, kindness, love, humility, self-control. These are all fruits of the spirit. When these come out of you, that's proof that Jesus is actually inside of you, right? So it's not a word that we adopt or a theory that we live. It's, oh, these are actually coming out of me because this is who I am. I'm embodying who made me. Incarnation is such a good word because it's proof of what we've been talking about over the last 15 weeks, that that your spirit, when you're born again, you actually are regenerated from the inside out, from your spirit, soul, soul and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is what we rooted this whole series in, and it says that you are a soul, that you that you are a spirit. Sorry, I've said that every week. You are a spirit. God made you a spirit. That's connected to your heart. Your heart and your spirit are the same, that you have a soul. Your soul is your mind. This is where we like to live, right? Before we get saved or, or call on Jesus to be our Savior, this is where we operate from. And so, so when I actually receive Jesus and my heart is renewed or regenerated, I now have to start making decisions from here and not here. The problem is depending on how long I've been making decisions from my soul, from my mind, most of the time our mind trumps our heart because we're we're impulsive, right? And you live in a body. So you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And so the greatest fruit of being spiritually mature is the action of being incarnationally present with others, being present, being the body of Jesus. And so John reminds us of this in in his book, John 13. He's one of the disciples. He's an amazing, amazing prophet. In John 13, 3, he reminds us before Jesus ever washed feet, it says, the father had put everything into his hands and he became the one who God made. He had come from God and he was going to return to God. And so then Jesus knew that as he stepped into our world, that he had to remain himself. And he went through all kinds of business while he was here. Okay. Temptation anger, frustration. And the same is true for us. If we're going to act as Jesus, if we're going to interact and we're going to engage, we must stay true to ourselves in that conversation. So then Jesus demonstrated his love for us by setting aside all the honor and the glory and the power and, and, and everything that he had, right? So that he could fully enter our world. So then he set aside the rights and the privileges. And when he set those aside, that was the, the realest act of love that we can experience because it when he did that, he actually showed us the way to do it too. And so anytime we leave our comfort zone in order to meet people where they are, we're being like Jesus. We're actually being incarnate. And so to listen incarnationally is to enter another person's world on a heart level, which is your spirit. It's a spiritual thing. That's why it's a good sign of spiritual maturity when you can enter their world on a heart level with empathy. This is how we demonstrate love for people, right? And when we do that, they experience God's love for them too, and God uses you to do it. And so then listening what they say and feeling what they feel allows them to connect to you on a spiritual level, and by God's grace, they get to experience God through you. So the Gospels are filled with accounts of Jesus' interactions with people from the woman at the well to the centurion. There were so many examples that I could have used, and to do that means I was going to have to take 20 more minutes of your Sunday, and so I didn't do that, okay? And if you want to go and look at one, it's in Mark 10, chapter 21. And I I looked at the rich young ruler who had everything. And he said, but what do I do? What do I do to inherit the kingdom? And he said, get rid of everything, sell everything you own and follow me. And the guy had a hard time with that. But as, even as that guy came, even as the rich young ruler came to Jesus, Jesus looked at him, he loved him, he listened, he was present, he didn't half mind him. He was not distracted. There was no rush. And that story, like every other story that you're gonna read in the Gospels of the Bible, what you're gonna see is Jesus took time to explore everybody's story. He never said, no, I don't have time for that. Even a woman crawling through people to touch his robe, he stopped, he's being mobbed. He stops. he goes, wait a second, who did that? Tell me more. And he leans in. And he always does that. And for us, it's easy to love people from a distance. Jesus was the opposite. He engaged and he took time to hear everybody all the time, no matter what, from tax collectors to to thieves to you name it, the worst of the worst and the best of the best. And it's easy for us to love people from a distance. It's really easy. It's not always easy to love the people closest to us, right? And so, for example, it's easy to give to serve 6.8 across town because because that's just as simple as me going here and done, right? And so I can relieve hunger or for Thanksgiving, or I can relieve the the financial burden of Christmas for a family by parting with service 6.8, but to relieve the loneliness in our own house is something totally different, right? It's easy to love from afar. And and if we're going to be believers and, and actually embody who Jesus is, then love must start in our house first. It has to begin with us. This is where we learn how to love one another it's underneath our roofs, right? Because the reality is if you can't love the people in your house, you're not going to love the person that lives next to you, apartment, condo, regardless, right? And so I can give you a list of the greatest diseases on the face of the earth. And, and if I told y'all them, they would, they would hit you and they would hit you in a way that would affect you, but they don't affect you the way that I tell you or, or the way that they would compare to feeling the feeling of being unwanted unloved, or uncared for. Those diseases don't compare to that feeling. And the crazy thing is in the world, there are cures for these illnesses. Medicine is amazing. Medicine does amazing things. But the only cure for loneliness and despair and hopelessness is love. It's love. And there are millions of people in the world who are dying for a piece of bread. But there are millions more dying for just a little bit of love. Just a little bit of love. This is why the message is so important. This is why we jump in this series. This is why I want you to lean into the people who are closest to you, because that's your tribe. That's your gang. Those are the people you're going to roll with, and they need to know where you are. We've talked about that leading up to here, but you want to be able to walk with them and in a healthy relationship. And so at the end of the day, life is not about what we accomplished, what we knew, who we knew, what we had, what we have, what we're going to have, the boat we're going to drive, et cetera, Right? We're going to be judged by the people that we invest in. And it's going to go something like this. And this is straight from the Bible. I was hungry and you gave me food, right? I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was homeless and you took me in. Those are the things that we're judged on. It's the people that we invest in. And when people came to Jesus, regardless of the same thing I just said, where they were, who they were, what they had, where they came from, he was the same. He reached out toward them with an open hand and a willing heart, and he said, I am. I am willing. I am blank, constantly leaning in and listening, right? And so when we embody Jesus, we engage in the way that we should, and the other person feels loved. We're embodying Jesus when we talk, which means as he hung between heaven and earth, we hang hang between our life and our comfort and their life and and their mess and their life and their joy, right? The Bible says rejoice with those who, who rejoice, And cry with those who cry. And so when we hang between our world and the world of another, the whole goal, the whole, everything matters about you remaining true to who you are, just like Jesus remained true to who he was. And so here's the second question of the day. When's the last time that you actually left your world or let go of something to actually engage with somebody else? When's the last time you left your world to enter someone else's? So when God entered our planet, he changed it forever, right? He knew there was no better way to show his love for you than to come and walk our life and live in our shoes or live our life and walk in our shoes. And so here's where we see this. This is John 1. If you're, if you're in your Bible or you're taking notes, I want you to, in verses 1 through 5, replace the word, word, word come word, with Jesus, okay? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus. This is huge stuff. And the word was with God, and Jesus was with God, and the word was God, and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. And that, without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Now the word has all of a sudden become him. Do you understand? And the life that was the light of all mankind, that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now I want to fast forward all the way to Verse 14. The word became flesh, this is Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. Now in this, it's been called the word, it's been called him, and now it's the son. So word is word, him and son in here. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so in our conversations of dealing with people, we have to be full of grace and truth if we're going to embody Jesus. Now, it's easy to see how engaged God was with you, how intentional he was with you, and how much Jesus has your heart and wants to hear your heart. It's easy. He's still the same as he always has been, okay? Proverbs 17, 27 gives us a little bit of take on how we should be. It says this, he who has knowledge restrains and is careful with his words, and a man of understanding and wisdom has a cool spirit, which means he has an even temper and self-control, which just happens to be one of the fruits of the Spirit. So then, not everyone's like that though, right? That's the frustrating part of life is you get in, you get into some tussles with some meatheads, right? Not everyone is like that. So listening is so closely linked to loving that they are almost identical. Listening and loving are almost identical, so much so that listening remains one of the most significant ways that we can practically demonstrate our love for one another. It's listening. You see this in James 119. Let everyone, this is this is solid gold right here. Let everyone be quick to listen. And this is the amplified version. What's it mean to be quick to listen? Be a careful, thoughtful, and intentional listener. It takes time though, Dusty. I don't have that patience. Well, then you're probably less than a three on that listening chart, right? Slow to speak. What's that mean? Be a speaker of carefully chosen words. And slow to anger, be patient, reflective, empathetic, and forgiving. It's James 119. When you listen like this, you love automatically. When you listen like this, you love automatically. Did everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and even slower to anger. When we listen like this, love comes automatically. And it takes love to listen on that level. So then, so then how do we do this? How do we do this? Aren't you thankful for just practical, practical biblical application? To listen at a heart level with empathy, you have to be in tune with your words, with their words, with their nonverbal communication, right? You're reading a lot. You're going to let the other person feel felt. It's funny that you know another person is listening when they're listening. You know that when I have my phone out, um, I was being talked to this morning, I was trying to make a graphic because I dropped the ball and so I had to make a last second deal. And I was so rude because I didn't greet anybody who came in. I was just like, I was trying to get the task done. It's typically not how I roll, but you knew, every person who talked to me when I had my phone out knew I wasn't listening to them. They knew it because I was busy trying to get this prepped for you. And so the body became more important than that person in that moment, which stinks. But what's funny is you know that a person who's listening to you because they're listening, right? You know the person when they're present with you because they're present, they're fully present with you. You know that when they speak to you, they're speaking to you. They're that intentional. These people in these conversations, their presence brings you peace. It brings you healing because they accept you on your terms. And they encourage you to take action for yourself. Not, I tell you what I would do if I were you, right? You guys are really good at that, by the way. So when we listen, how are we to speak? When we listen, how are we to speak? If you're taking notes, we're going to jump into just five. I think it's five points. Yeah. Yeah. We speak and respond first with this honor, honor, respect everyone, period, right? We're gonna respond and speak clearly. I'm not gonna bring up something that happened two weeks ago, and I'm not gonna talk about where we're going. I'm going to speak and respond clearly. What's that mean? Understandable and non judgmental. I'm gonna speak honestly. That's grace and truth, right? Truth always brings freedom. Period. So we're going to bring truth with us. I'm going to speak in a timely manner because I'm the one listening. So I'm not going to make this about me. Okay. You had your 20 minutes. Now I get my 20 minutes. Right? Timely. Sooner than later, you need to consider the other person's circumstances when we're talking about speaking in a timely manner. Right? Remember, you're the listener. So it's, it is real. Qu- it's really important to get the conversation back to them. Right? And then we're going to be hospitable. What's this mean? To welcome and love people on their terms, that's what hospitality is. That's why that's why this place feels like home because we are that. If you know anything about our church, you see our three values here, which is, was I didn't do this. This is what God brought out: honor, honesty, and hospitality. If you do that, there's unity. There's unity. And so then, when listening, let's flip it now. That's the, that's the speaker. When we listen, there's only two points to listening, right? The first one is. Respect the other's individuality. Respect them as a person, right? Allow them to have their own thoughts and their own feelings. They don't need to partner up with you and jump on your bandwagon and your value system and and all of your stuff, right? We're going to respect their individuality. We're going to let them have their thoughts, feelings, emotions, and values. We're going to listen. We're going to listen. The second one is be completely present. Be completely present. Two eyes, two ears, one mouth for a reason, right? And so you're going to use your ears and your eyes to listen And see words, tones, emotions, posture, intensity, should have put this on your screen, and expression. That's being present. That's being present. And so when you're completely wholeheartedly present, the other person will be felt by the listener. And they'll be connected spiritually and emotionally to you, not just as somebody you're giving information to or getting information from. By the way, I said feel a couple times here. It's super important to know that we've kind of taken the word feel and messed it up, right? We often say, I feel that. I feel that. I feel. I feel. Or in the 90s, we said, I feel you, dog. Feel you. Feel you, dog. The reality was, I had never felt any person. I said, I feel you, dog, too, Okay. So to share a thought or an opinion is important, but to remember that the word that follows feel should be an emotion, right? If the word that follows I feel is not an emotion, it's not a feeling. It's only a thought or an opinion, right? So here is an example. I feel that King Super's prices are way too high. What I just told you is I think King Super's prices are too high. That's my thought or my opinion. I don't really feel that. My wallet might feel it, but I don't feel that. I think that King Supers is too high. So that's not a thought. It's a. Or it's not a. It's not a feeling. It's a thought. If I was trying to tell you how I felt about King Supers, I would say, "I really like King Supers. It's convenient. It's close to the house. But man, it makes me feel sad that their prices are so high, and we can't afford to shop there." Now you get the emotion of what I just said because I matched feel with an emotion and not a thought or an opinion, right? So then to use the word, this is important, to use the word or the phrase, I feel correctly, it needs to be followed by a feeling, sad, angry, happy. Here's why. Because we're not able to communicate clearly without sharing our feelings. So I cannot mix or confuse my feelings and my thoughts with somebody just because I'm trying to deescalate the situation. I can't say I feel if I really don't feel that, right? Feel needs to be followed by an emotion. So then We're going to make sure that our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings and our opinions all stay in their own lanes. And we follow those words with the actual thing that it is. And so then here's how we are to listen. We're going to follow Jesus' model for listening. Here's what it is. Jesus left his world. I'm so far behind. I apologize. Jesus' model for listening is this. Jesus left his world. When we listen to others, we're leaving ours. When we're fully present anyways, okay? Okay. The second thing he did is he entered our world. And so then for us, we're going to enter another's world through listening. Through listening, through actually being present. He stayed true to himself. This is the struggle that we have. Because staying true to yourself means this. Listening doesn't always mean agreeing. Listening doesn't always mean agreeing, but it does mean that I'm with you. That I feel your words and I understand your pain. I understand your joy. I understand where you are. And I'm listening. I'm not going. Oh, I didn't vote for him. I don't vote for her. I don't like that. They do this. I'm not doing that, right? Listening doesn't always mean to agree. And the third or the fourth thing is, is he hung between two worlds, right? You may lie a lot, you may not like what you hear when you're in conversation with somebody else, right? It's not your job to like what you're hearing. It's your job to stay true to who you are, and to let them feel heard, so there could be a clear action step afterwards. Because listening does not always result in arguing, getting defensive, or being offended. If it did, we're not listening. We're picking a fight, right? The great question I came across to kind of put this thing to bed is this. In my prep, the thought came like this. Who, who, who can enter suffering or who can take suffering away from anybody without entering into it. Who can do that? Who can take away suffering without entering into it? No one can help anyone without being involved. When you want to stay arm's length, that's where you're going to be, and that's how good your help will be, right? Without taking the risk of being hurt in the process, right? Because that's what you're doing when you step into help. To provide real help means you are willing to laugh with the person who's laughing, to cry with the person who's crying, right? To sit. There was a time in my life where I was so busy that I would walk by and I would intentionally ask people yes or no questions because I didn't have time to hear their answer. And when I realized that I was a dirtbag and that if I said, hey, how are you? I need to be willing to sit down for four hours if that's what it took. And if I wasn't willing to sit down for that period of time, guess what? You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say it at all. I didn't ask because that's a whole nother ballgame, right? To come, I go, hey, how are you? Good. Oh, great. I got to go right? That's, that's shoddy, right? And so the other thing that you do when you really listen is you make your experiences, your joyful experiences, your, your, your hurtful, your painful, you make all those experiences public for the other person so you can have a me too moment. Because when you say me too to somebody, it changes everything. That's when you actually connect emotionally, right? You get on a spiritual level and you're actually being like Jesus. Here's how. You can't save somebody from a burning house without willing to get burnt, right? You can't listen to a story of loneliness or bitterness without experiencing some pain too, or potentially losing your peace of mind, right? Who can take away suffering without entering into it? Even Jesus had to come and walk with us, right, to overcome. He set the example for us. And here's what frustrates me the most. The great illusion of leadership is this, that there are people out there who come along and offer advice and try to help you out, but they've never been where you are. They've never been where you are. But I'm a leader. I don't care. Have you done this? No? So then instead of, instead of being that person, we go and actually lean in and we set. And we set. And we listen. And we provide a little bit of empathy and a little bit of heart, Right? as opposed to going, well, i tell you what I would do, right? Jesus taught and he walked out what Mark 8.35 is. It says this, for whoever wishes to save his life, a lot of people take this and, and take it way over there and it's not what it's meant to be. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake and the gospels will save it from the consequence of sin and separation from God. When one person, here's what here's what he's saying, when one person chooses to give up themselves to walk with somebody else, to walk in another person's shoes, two people get better. Iron sharpens iron. Two people get better. But when we walk along and we and we walk alone and we keep it on the surface, we die alone. And that hospital bed sucks. Okay. Whoever gives life away for the sake of the gospel will get it back a hundredfold, is what God's saying here. And so then those who choose to walk as examples of Jesus are those who are going to reap the benefit, right? Now, here's the hard part about that. There are church people and there are believers. Church people are really good people. Man, man he's a good person. Man, they're a good person. And the world is full of church people. And church people might be terrible listeners. And if they are, it's because they're only church people and they're not believers. Because there's a big difference. Because church people can quote, quote the King James and They can read you the Bible and tell you the Bible front to back, and they can tell you all the things that they've done. When it comes down to it, if they're not willing to step in your shoes and walk with you, they're only church people. They're only church people. And so I'm going to close with this. When listening to somebody, I'm going to take this back out a little bit. It's really easy to get in the rush of going, you know, uh, how can I manipulate this to get it over with? How can we just end this conversation? I've got other things to do. I really like it to have a different outcome. It's real easy to have that temp- t- uh, temptation. But the best thing that we can do when in conversation with somebody else, right, is to realize that it's not up to us, that the timing is not my responsibility. The timing is not my responsibility. It's not up to me. The solution isn't even up to me, right? God is responsible for nudging his kids along. The timing is his responsibility and then it goes to the person that we've been listening to not us our responsibility is to love and to listen especially to those closest to us so that we can honor god what honor what god is doing in their life we want to honor what god's going to do in this process and i'm just thankful to be a part i'm just thankful to be a part right so here's the last question what is your greatest obstacle what is your greatest obstacle or challenge that keeps you from being fully present or engaged with others? The answer to that is probably four letter word in all caps, B-U-S-Y, busy, just busy, just busy. And the goal is not when we listen to think faster so we can do more, right? It's the ability to go deeper in your listening skills. And so you have two action steps this week. It's two part as the listener and you can screenshot this if you want but here's, here's who we're going to be as listeners. We're going to give our full attention to the people who need it the most. You've heard me talk about how I was unintentional with my wife, Heather, for the longest time for the first four years of our marriage. And when I became intentional as a listener to her, in her life, my marriage changed because I was actually doing this. Oh man, you, you were with three kids today? Good grief, tell me about that, right? So then we're going to give our full attention. I'm going to give you my full attention that means I'm going to set my stuff down. I'm going to get on the edge of my seat. I'm going to lean in. You have me. I'm yours right now. I'm going to step into their shoes. That's just a little bit of empathy, right? I'm going to avoid judging and assuming. Oh, your day was easy. You were just here all day. I mean, the house is still a mess. What did you do, right? I'm not, I did it all the time, right? I don't anymore, but I did. Avoid judging and assuming. Reflect and repeat accurately. What is this? This is when they're saying something, you're gonna repeat back what they said, not what you think, right? And I'm gonna be I'm gonna reflect with them. Oh man, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna be with them in this moment for them because I love them, right? And so we're gonna re- reflect and repeat accurately. That means you're listening, right? Not sipping sweet tea watching college game day. You're gonna ask for more information. This is there's this is kind of twofold. When they're done talking, you're gonna say, What else? Tell me more. Hey, you said this, tell me more about that. Help me understand this. Ask for more information. Don't question, ask for more information. And then when they're all done, you're going to say this. Hey, this has been an amazing conversation. What's the most important thing I can help you with? What's the most important thing I need to know? What's the most important thing that I can be praying about, that I can be believing for? What's the most, of all of this, you said, and and, and repeat and reflect accurately. You You said this, you said this, you said this. These are all, Those are three really big things. There's 72 big things, whatever, right? You said this, which one of these is, is, is hitting you the hardest? Because I want to be able to walk with you and I want to see you out of this, right? Now, as the speaker, these are a little bit quicker. As the speaker, you're always going to speak in I, not you. i tell you what I, you no, know, I, not you need to, you should. Well, if I were you, 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 you got to eliminate the use because that's easy to feel like an attack mode and that's going to make the other person shut down. So we're going to speak in eyes. I believe, I see, I hear, right? You're going to be brief. Remember, you're speaking as the listener, right? So we're not going to take over the conversation. We're being really brief. We're going to stop to let the listener paraphrase, right? So I'm speaking and, and all of a sudden um, something strikes them. We're going to stop. We're going to reflect and repeat accurately. And we're going to paraphrase with them, let them paraphrase. I'm gonna include my feelings. That means making my stuff public so I can have a me too moment, right? In my communication back, I'm gonna be honest, honoring and hospitable. I'm gonna speak clearly and I'm gonna speak timely. It's gonna be quick, right? And I'm gonna help the other person distinguish thought from feeling. That's huge. I, hey, wait a that is, You don't, you don't really feel that way. It doesn't have to be like that, but just help distinguish thought from feeling. You guys good with this? Okay. In all this, notice I didn't talk a lot today about your relationship with God. We talked about that two weeks ago. But these principles that we're talking about in speaking and listening all apply in your relationship with God. Every one of them. And so through prayer and through listening and through reading and through worship, they all apply. This all applies to your relationship with God. And so Jesus said this, whoever has ears, let him hear. Let him hear. God wants his word and his people in the world. So there's purpose and reason for both, right? The best thing we can be is attentive listeners, because why? We live in the most distracted era of humankind. Everybody's distracted. And attentiveness is at an all-time low, right? It's one of the most difficult concepts to grasp, and it's the hardest discipline to learn, to be a good listener, If you have kids, you know what I'm saying. This is why God continually asks us throughout Scripture to listen, (laughs) to look, to seek, listen, look, seek, listen, look, seek, seek me and you'll find me. Seek me first. Speaks in there, but it's not as often as look, seek, and listen. Why does he do that? He knows one of the greatest enemies to your spiritual life your spiritual maturity, and your relationship with him is distraction. And the devil knows if he can keep you distracted, he's doing his part. So then being attentive to God and those around us leads us to greater greater spiritual maturity and greater purpose. Because the purpose of the Christian life, which is living as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, is not about doing more things for God or saying that you did this or knowing this or quoting this, Right? Your responsibility is not even to make the world a better place. It's not your responsibility. You don't have to carry that, okay? It's simply to love people the way that God loves you. So that everyone that we encounter with tastes just a little bit of heaven on earth through our interactions. That's what, that's what being engaged, right? That's what listening is, is about. And that's what walking healthy in 2023, we want to talk about your relationship with God. Last week, we talked about you. This week, we're talking about others. So the last three weeks are going to help you tremendously. And then every week prior to that, talks about family and how God uniquely made you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like, and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.